you're here today, you may be wondering why people get out of their pews and praise and leap and dance and worship. First of all, that's in the scripture. But there's an understanding of that that they've gained. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. And coupled with that command, praising Him, they got a revelation that God's for them, that God's with them. You know, they may look a little different to some. Well, I say this, what's the difference? People lying, Colosseum after Colosseum. So much in what they call it, Gator Stadium. No, they're not Gators. Tigers. Tiger Stadium. They lined and filled it so much that the ground shook and an earthquake was recorded in Baton Rouge. They paint themselves purple and some other color. And then shout at the top of their lungs over a ball that can't save them or heal them. Shout at the running back or the quarterback that can't fix their problem. So I asked the question today, who's really the crazy That ball can't heal me and that football player can't fix me. But when you praise God, He can heal you. He can fix you. He can deliver you. He can help you. The best thing I can ever do is give Him a crazy praise in faith. He listens to your praise. He listens to your words and your action towards Him. And He responds. I say today, if you want to make it in this dark hour, yeah. I say do whatever it takes in living for God, no matter what people may say about how you respond. Sunday school, you're dismissed. Wait, before you go, I want to make the announcement. Tonight is communion. And uh, we've coming or closing our week of sacrifice. And uh, tonight we're going to have communion. So be prepared for that. We'll have full church message. Then we'll do communion and a foot washing after that. So be prepared for that here tonight. God bless you. Sunday school, you're dismissed. said David, verse 12, 
and said, David, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver thee up, speaking of the men of Keilah. David and his men, which were about 600, arose, departed out of Keilah, and went with whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah, and he forbear to go forth. Verse 14 is where I want us to pay special attention. David abode in the wilderness, in the stronghold, or in strongholds, and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. Verse 14 again. David remained in a stronghold in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Ziph means flow. Flow. I want to preach here today to somebody. Where is your refuge? Where is your refuge? If you would, just lift your hands to the Lord right now and ask God to talk to us today. Come on, lift your voice. Let it come from your belly. Let it come from your heart. Jesus, talk to us today. I need a word from God. I need you to speak to us. God will speak to you if you'll ask Him today. He'll give you an answer, some direction. Jesus, I ask you for the anointing to flow in this place today. Your Word is already anointed, and I'm asking you let that eternal anointed Word flow through this congregation like a river. I ask you today in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, everybody always... Or I say everybody. Maybe I, I need to recant that. Many people always looks for a place of, of solace, refuge. A place that they can kind of just slip away from the, the craziness of, of life. And I, when we lived in San Francisco... Uh, and, and traveling all through those freeways day in and day out, a uh, company I worked for, you'd have six, seven, maybe even eight lanes of traffic, bumper to bumper for as long or as far as you could see. Everyone trying to get where they needed to go for that day, trying to cross the, the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge to get to a certain place at a certain time, if you didn't hit it just right in the timing, it was, it, it was just crazy. Geographically, trying to get about 10 miles could take you about two hours. And then in all of this, you, you, would, you, you could see the look on people's face talking to them and, 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 or trying to talk to them when you finally did get a conversation with them. You could hear the weariness and the exasperation in their, in their sigh. You could hear their, their, their frustration with life. You could hear just the weariness of the heart. Uh, even though they painted the picture, everything was great. 
But yet they're, they're the eye, the window to the soul told a different story. You could see they were tired, they were weary. They, they wished they could get somewhere and some of them confessed it saying, oh, I, I talked to some of these, these men on the construction sites and, and uh, man, big, strong, tough construction workers and, and uh, made friends out of them. But uh, inevitably you would hear them say, oh, I got a, a place up on the lake in, 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 in the mountains and, and if I could just get away, I could just get away. If I could just step away from all this craziness that's happening here in the city and the, the busyness of life and on and so forth. Well, today we're not in San Francisco, we're not in Oakland, we're not in New York. But the same busyness and weariness that, that they face there comes to us today. And there's no one exempt. We said the statement, I said it a couple of days ago, it came actually from another conversation I had here locally. Man, where does the time go? It just flies by. Well, time is not going any faster. It's we're going faster and we look up and the end of the day is already here and it's over. And we just kind of sigh in relief of just it's over but yet take another breath and know that now it's 5.30, 6 o'clock and I'm going to move on to the next task, whether it be something for that evening, a project at home that needs to get done or you're, you're, you're looking at already tomorrow the thing that you're going to face. I want to declare to somebody here today that no matter how crazy this world gets and how fast-paced it may be, there's always a place in God that you and I can find, that you can find true rest for your soul. You're not going to find it on a beach in the Bahamas. You're not going to find it in the Rockies. You're not going to find it in the Appalachians. You're not going to find it on a ski slope or on a pond fishing. But you'll sure find something when you turn to Him with all of your heart. There'll be a rest for your heart and a refreshing for the soul that only God can give. I'm not saying that you're slipping away for a vacation is wrong. If you leave here, you know that's not my position today. I'm talking about the inner points of man that no vacation can fix. I'm talking about finding the answer that's in the question of man's soul of how am I going to make one more day facing what I face? having to deal with what I'm having to deal with, having to face the situations that in seemingly there's no answer for. Dilemmas and crises that really there's no answer. We think we got an answer. Well, I'm just going to just do this. And you know and I know that if we do just this, it's going to cause a, a catastrophic bloodbath or a, a problem. It's really not the answer, but we're just so tired of waiting. We're so tired of waiting on the remedy from God or waiting on God to come to my aid and show me the answer. Let me help somebody from the very beginning of this message. Instead of waiting on God, why don't we turn to Him? Instead of waiting on him to extend a strong hand of power, why don't we turn to him in prayer and seeking him and let there be a flow of his presence that could wash away the problems in our mind. David, this was always the intent of the word of God. 
He was always supposed to be our refuge. The Old Testament paints it very clearly with Moses and Sinai, cities of refuge. But here this story of David to me brings it even closer. That it wasn't just some structural city that you would run to. It was more of a place in the well-being of that individual. A position in the spirit man, a position in your mind that you come to God totally surrendered to him and know he's your defense. He's your help. If God don't help me, I don't know how in the world this thing is going to work out. That's who I'm preaching to this morning. You don't have to show a hand. You don't even have to respond for my sake. But it would be good that you responded for his sake and let him know, God, I do need you. There's an old saying, we're too strong to be weak. I'm preaching to some men right now. We're too strong to be weak. When's the last time you went to God and said, I need you, God? We're still too strong to be weak. We're still too much in control. And God's saying, you need to understand something. What causes me to move in your direction is when you realize I'm too weak, God. I can't do this. I need you. That doesn't mean it takes away from your masculinity. It doesn't take away from your femininity. It doesn't take away from who you are. It makes you and I realize who we really are. I was created in the image of God. And outside of God, I can't make it. The very breath in me and your body is only there because God's letting that heart beat and at any given moment God can stop it but if I return my praise to him and my worship to him there's something that's going to flow out of heaven that's going to sustain you in the crisis trouble comes to everybody Bible says man is born and his days full of trouble you come into this world here comes trouble. There's going to be a problem in the flesh. There's always going to be that war. But see, David knew and understood. I can't let the problem rob me from his presence. I can't let the crisis separate me from God. Even if it's a feeble attempt, attempt of just being here on Sunday morning. You're in the right place at the right time for God to do something for you. Quit looking at how bad you've been. Quit looking at how many mistakes you've made. Quit looking at all the errors that you've done. God knows all of that. Look at what you have done. You showed up here today in the midst of a war in your mind. And you're in the right place that the flow of God's presence can come where you are and help you. Backdrop, David, 1 Samuel 23, David had already had his share. I find it ironic, Brother Bush, now that chapter 22 of 1 Samuel, David was in the hold again. But this time, God didn't tell him to get out the second time. There's a reason for that. The first time David was in the hold, 1 Samuel chapter 22, with all his discomfited few, those in debt, those dissatisfied, he goes into the hold of Moab. He created his own stronghold. He created his own walls. It's what we do every day in our lives. Somebody hurts you, you put up a wall. Somebody don't do what you want them to do, you put up a wall. I'm just not. Come on, we revert back to three and four years old. You don't let me play with your toy. I'm just not going to be your friend. 
Oh, come on. We act like we're 40 and 50 and 60, but we still sometimes act like we're three and four. We put up walls and say, I'm not going to be with them. I'm not going to associate with them. I'm not going to hang out with them. You need to understand something. You may need them. Or you cut them off and write them off. Make sure that you're writing them off because of a salvational issue and not because... They just didn't do. You put up a wall. And David put up some walls in Moab. And God said, you can't do that, David. I need you to get out of there and go to Judah. I need you to leave this place, this stronghold. Same words that were used there is used in 1 Samuel 23. This one, God said, you got to go out. You got to leave it. The other one, God says, you're in the right place. There's a reason because God wants you and I to see from a scripture perspective. You can be in some places of your own devise and not be in the flow. Sister Weed, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord today. Sister Betty, my Lord, Sister Cat, and Sister Cat, we got the dynamic quad, not trio, quad. I'm glad to see these elders in the house of the Lord today. Y'all add to the service. I want you to know that. And you being here is a benefit to us. And I thank God for you. David in this hole, brother Bushnell, he made it. And God didn't like it. He wasn't in the flow of what God... See, here's what David did. Here it is real simple. He was in the will and the moving of God. I keep using flow because I'm trying to use an earthly term or a human term to get us to understand God's spirit is manifesting itself. And there's times that it manifests itself through certain people. David was one. The spirit of God would manifest and lead him along the way. But yet because Saul was so, uh, so dead set on destroying David, David got tired of it and said, I'm getting out of here. He made his own escape he made his own refuge somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost you cannot make your own refuge and expect to find true peace from God you can drink yourself into oblivion you can smoke yourself into oblivion you can shoot yourself up into oblivion you can watch things into oblivion you can disassociate yourself into oblivion and it'll never bring the peace that God intended that he made for you and I as the refuge for the soul for some that don't think I'm in the Bible go look up 1 Samuel chapter 22 and you'll find it. Because I just got a little pop right there. He ain't even reading that out of the Bible. How do we know it's true? Did you bring your Bible? When's the last time you read your Bible? But you're going to question. You know what the problem is? You got a problem with authority. Oh, Brother Carlton. Oh, Ben Wall's messing it up again. Shelby, God was trying to show us a pattern. Just, Debbie, it was David made this, this hold. And God said, you can't stay in this. You got to move out. Go to Judah. So David, like the good servant that David was, David got up and he left. Now watch what happens. There's a problem in click. Uh, what's that word? Keilah. 
Come on, somebody. Y'all got to help out the preacher. Brother Markintel's in the house of God today, too. My Lord, it's just a good day today. Keela, Sister Claudia. So David leaves from his man-made walls. See, he had enough to know about God that I got out of the flow, and when I got out of the flow, I'm with a group of people that really don't really believe what I believe, and my life's messed up, but God was merciful enough to him to come down to him and say, hey, by the prophet, you need to get out of that place, and you need to move on down the road. And David did, and he goes to Keilah. Keilah, watch this. I find it so awesome. Keilah was David's family. It was David's family. God said, if you really want to help your family, you're going to have to get out of your wall. You say, well, you don't understand that my family's the one that don't even believe. Here's David's position. They don't know the anointing that's on my life. They've never recognized who I am. I'm not appreciated for who I am. Why am I going to go to my family who's not going to appreciate me and love me and tell me how great I am? David didn't do that. David got up and he went to his family. Keilah. And it wasn't just about his family, Brother Steve. Keilah was the storehouse for the seed of tomorrow. Now, if David would have copped an attitude and said, I'm not dealing with my family. They're all crazy. The seed for tomorrow is there in their home or in that Keilah. If David would have looked at the craziness of his family and them ostracizing him, what happens to the seed for tomorrow? I proved it just Sunday night or Wednesday when it was. It says from generation to generation, Deuteronomy 32, 33, and 34, God telling Moses, he's saying this, your obedience today, it affects the generation tomorrow. If I don't do what's right today, it's going to affect... Come on, folks. We're seeing it right now. There's probably many of you in contact. Mama and daddy are messed up. They got messed up on drugs. They got messed up on this. And now the three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old is now left to deal with the incompetence of a mother and a father that can't get their family together. And now we've got a generation repeating itself. One to the other to the other to the other. When really all it would take would be one daddy, one mama, one son, one daughter to say I'm going to get in the flow of God and I'm going to find refuge in God. A whole family could change. But we like being where we are. Just like David did. But he had enough maturity. He had enough for the love of God to go to Keilah. And when he gets to Keilah, watch this, Dad. Brother Bushnell, this is so powerful. He gets to Keilah, and it's the storehouse for the seed for tomorrow. And it's his family. But now watch what happens, Brother Wade. The Philistines come up against him. The Philistines represents the flesh. 
And one of the biggest battles that you and I face from coming to an altar and repenting of our sin, from walking away from our past life and walking into a new life, the thing that you and I face, it's not a devil. It's not your addiction. Here's what the problem is. My flesh says, I'll never make it. I'll never. I'm here to declare to you, if you can rise, if you walked into this building, you've got everything you need to take the step to Jesus Christ, who's the only one that can provide the refuge for your mind he's the only one flesh comes to Keilah flesh wants to fight against Keilah flesh wants to steal their harvest for tomorrow brother Roger because the enemy knows just what buttons to push in our flesh he knows just what makes you mad he knows just what makes you cross-threaded with God. He knows just what makes you cross-threaded, Sister Christy, with your family, with, with your friends. Brother Mark and tell the enemy knows just what button to push in our flesh. You're fighting and fighting finances, trying to get something good, and every time you do, you lose three pennies, and, 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 and finances ain't working out, and your best friend next door neighbor pulls up in a brand new truck. And the enemy goes, I just jabbed him right there. Because he's trying to get you and I to understand. I cannot be jealous. I cannot be envious. I can't let my flesh take control. God's got something for me. And I want to be in the flow of whatever God's got for me. God's looking down on people in this service this morning. And he's let you and I know, I care for you. I love you. I'm trying to help you. And you need to see the picture. There's a refuge in God that's far more greater than any trip you could take or any hobby or activity you do. But how are we going to deal with how are we going to deal with the Philistines? Here's what David says. He goes to the Lord like a good person should. God, what do you want me to do? It's not always easy, Brother Joe, when God asks you to do something. I'm telling you, I'm paying, I, let me be honest. The Lord's asked me to do a lot of things, Brother Joe. And you know what? I cannot say I've done them all. The first time. See, so I'm waiting on some of y'all catching up. Because Claudia done here. And some of y'all just going, where been while ago? Y'all still reeling in on the whole authority thing I talked about a while ago. Say, oh God, I wonder who he talking about. I wonder who he talking about. And somebody got a devil. Ain't no devil. It's a flesh. The first time. I didn't do it, Brother Daryl. I'd sit on the back of that pew or I'd even living for God. God would say, I want you to go to this church. My God, I ain't going there. They're crazy up in that house. And I'm crazy and together two crazies don't go together. <laughs> it ain't going to work. I need you to go to that church. I got a word. I want to speak to them. So the first time, Sister Claudia, like God, I can't. And then after a day or two or three, he gets to working on me and working on me. You said you're my son. You said you love me. 
You said you want to serve me. Listen, it's not always going to be easy to do what I ask you to do, but it will be easy when you begin to do it because I'll put you in a bubble of my grace. I'll help you. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about the, the, uh, the public opinion. Don't worry about other people's opinion. Just do what I'm telling you to do. My grace is powerful enough that it can shut the mouth of the mocker. It can shut the mouth of the gangsayer. If you'll just do, David learned that. I got I to gotta do what God's telling me to do. I got my family in the seat of tomorrow depending on it. And the Philistines come, Brother Wade. And there they are. And David goes to God and says, what do I do? Now, here's the picture. Or one. I got many pictures. Here's one. <laughs> Thank you. He says, God, what do I do? God says, I want you to deal with the Philistines. Wait, wait, wait. It's not his job. It was Saul. King Saul was the big potentate. It was his job. And here's what we're trying to learn or what I'm trying to get across to somebody. Don't try to identify. If it's in order in the scripture, just do what God's asking you to do. Don't put it off on somebody else and say it's their job. If God asks you to do it, your victory could affect many people by your action of faith. That's why I said what I said here this morning. You're tired, Sister Weedy. You're weak in body, but you're here. That act of faith coming when you just don't feel like coming. You wanted to come, I know that, but your body didn't want you to come. And you rose above it and said, I'm coming. That act of faith now affected this preacher. It affected somebody else in the back. It, well, there's Sister Weeda. I know she don't really feel good, but she's still here. Listen, don't put off on somebody else what you and I can do today. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Don't put that off on somebody else. Pray without ceasing. Don't put off your prayer to somebody else, but you pray the prayer. Right. And David now gets his orders from the Lord and gets up and goes after. Go back for me, brother Ron, to verse 12. 11, go to 11. And he says, I'll defeat him, I'll go. And David gets up, and David goes, and he saves the day. Now watch this, Sister Gail, this is just, this is so human. David comes in, Sister April, and saves Keilah's families, kids. You understand what the Philistines were going to do, folks. Philistines were coming in, and they were going to take the wives. They would have raped them and pillaged them. They would have taken the children and they would have killed them in front of their mothers and fathers. And David saved them from that. You would think a mom and a daddy that loves their kids so much in their marriage, their home, their family. You would think, David today is the hero. Because when you do things for man, David didn't. David didn't. When you do things for people's approval, you're going to be quickly disappointed. Because when you do what's right and you expect a pat on the back, it's not going to come. But when you do things for God and not for man, 
Brother Micah, I preach not because I, I couldn't go be some other occupation. I preach because I do it under the Lord. I worship under the Lord. I give unto the Lord. I serve under the Lord. I'm going to serve you, Micah. I'm going to serve you, Kyle, in the best capacity I can. And if you spit on me and you kick me and you throw me away, it ain't going to stop me from serving. I might not serve you again so quickly. I got to repair some bandages, but I'm coming back again because I'm doing it unto to the Lord. I'm not doing it unto Kyle. I'm not doing it unto Micah. I'm not doing it for your approval. I'm not doing it for your blessing. I'm doing it because I want the blessing of the Lord on my family and I want it on my home. There's nothing that God cannot help you with. There's nothing. Nothing. There's no mental anguish. There's no depression. There's no suicide, there's no hopelessness, there's no addiction, there's no problem. That if you'll seek his presence, you say, well, God will fix my problem. Some of it he will, but some things take time. And if you'll hold on to his presence through the problem, God's presence has a way of washing some things out of you and I that really we thought was a problem today. Really by in about a week or two weeks, it's really not that much of a problem because I realize how good and how big God is, how strong he is, and that with God nothing is impossible. And David, you'd think he's a hero You'd think his aunts and uncles would run to him, Sister Markintail, and say, David, boy, I'm so glad you're in my family. I'm so glad you're the... Man, you know people like that. You got a family of three or four cousins, uncles and aunts. I don't know, a family of maybe 20, 25 people. Boy, and you got one in there, he's like the doctor or something. You know, everybody else just didn't do that, but he did. You'd swear you'd roll out a red carpet. He's the doctor, so my God, like he's better than me I'm a, because I'm a refrigerator repair man. Hey, I'm still valuable too. Hello. Hello, without me, your meat's getting ruined. <laughs> Come on, be honest, folks. We roll out the carpet. Folks, it's not about who's better or who's less. It's about a, we're all in it together as a family. And, and the reason we're here today, for some it's just to pacify a conscience. But for the majority here today, we're here because we want to make heaven. And we see the craziness in the world. And we see the chaos that's in Congress. And we see everything that's going topsy-turvy. And the increase of food and gas prices through the roof. And nobody's got the answer. I'll tell you who's got the answer. If I can get lost in the presence of God and find him as my refuge I can make it through anything that this world belches out it's not about big eyes and little eyes and T's and crossing and all that it's about did I please God today do I have a relationship with God today let me, let me help somebody. I, I, I'll quickly go on. Relationship with a one-year-old is pretty much a dud. Come on, somebody. You're a dud. He laughs. But outside of a little laugh and seeing him develop, now we find the good things. Oh, look, he's thinking for himself. Ooh. He wants a book. Woo-hoo. 
And I thank God for that. He's developing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or unkind to humanity. But outside of that, he ain't coming saying, people, let's go play. Now, when that happens, whoo. But at that point, it's like you're a dud. I'm fixing to help some of you. You say, where are you going with this, Bidwell? That fast doesn't make you crazy. <laughs> no, I got a point. There's some here today. You're like about a one-year-old. You're like a one-year-old. And your communication with God is nothing more than that right there. I need you. It's oh! And that's it. The communication's not there. Don't damn and condemn yourself because you're not where you want to be. Don't make yourself feel so less than because all you can do when that depression hits you, you just cry and you can't even say nothing to God. You're communicating. You need to understand spiritual maturity. Come on Wednesday nights. I'm teaching on some of this stuff. Spiritual maturity. That's why I don't expect you to act like Brother Terry Bushnell. Now, you should follow his worship, his praise, a pattern. He's an elder. He's honorable. But you're in the third grade. He's already in college. It'll take the pressure off of some of you that says, well, I, I'll ne- I won't because I can never be. If you just communicate with God, at the age you're at in the spirit God has a way of understanding ah, I need you Jesus I promise you God can do more with an I need you Jesus than you going through a long dissertation of thou art God thou art the mighty you all, you just call on the name of Jesus and God will come to your aid yeah. I'm saying you're a dud like him I'm saying, I love you, kid. Oh, I love you, grandkid. I love you, kid. But, you know, still, you're done. <laughs> but now, when you get a little older and we play outside, be different. We gauge ourselves on the spiritual maturity level we're on. Just do what God's called you to do. If he's moving on your heart today to raise your hand, then that's awesome. Just raise your hand. You can't make the step from there to the altar. But you're here and you're raising your hand. Come back next Sunday. Maybe the Holy Ghost will do something else. And little by little, that step will begin to move. And for some saint that's lived for God for 30 years, maybe you've been in a stronghold of walls. God's showing you today, just do what you can to tear it down. Don't let nothing come between you and your family. Don't let nothing come between you and the church. Okay, David, he did, he goes, and the Philistines come, and Keilah goes, you know what, we don't like you, David. His family turned on him, he destroyed the Philistines, did a great work, and his family turns on him. And he goes to God, and he says, do I need to go? Because Keilah, will the men of Keilah deliver me up to Saul? Now Saul's done. David's got, you think you got problems? 
David got Philistines. He just bumped off, killed. He got Saul after him. And he's got his family against him. And David still on his feet saying, the Lord is with me. The Lord is for me. God is going to help me. He said, "Do I? what do I do? Saul's come down. He's after me. Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee. Tell me, it's David. And the Lord said, he's coming. Next verse. Then David said, will the men of Ke- Okay, I got Saul coming and I got Keilah now. What are they going to do? Hey, guess what? They're going to deliver you up to Saul. Now you would think right there, here's David. I just killed Philistines. I protected the sea. I'm a hero, God. And you still making me fight. Why can't I catch a break? Come on, is there somebody here today? You've told God, why can't I catch a break in my finances? Why can't I catch a break in my marriage? Why can't I catch a break in my addiction? Why can't I catch a break in my health? Why can't I catch a break in this or that or the other? David said the same thing. And the Lord said, they will deliver thee up. Next verse, here it is. Then David and his men, 600 arose, departed out of Keelah, went to wherever so they could. Here's what David said. Remember, that word zifla means flow. It says David got up. They left, and it was told Saul he was gone. Next verse. Musicians, get ready. And David abode in the wilderness in the strongholds and remained in the mountain in the wilderness of the flow. There's a flow of God's presence when everything is against you, but you got to get in it. When everybody's against you, your family, your health, your wealth, and everything's opposing you, this is a different stronghold. This is one God said, David, it's okay. Because you're doing something different now, David. The first stronghold you went in, you made your own walls. Now, you're going to go to a place that I made. See, that's why I say you can look for refuges all day long. We call them escapes. Come on, when you're in a marriage and your wife's acting crazy, you go get an escape. They call it a man cave. Hello, come on, somebody. Or when the husband is kind of in whatever and he's being angry and cantankerous, what do the women do? Give me the card, I'm going shopping. We all have an escape. That we're trying to find in all of this. And what I want to propose propose to somebody today. That the best escape you and I could find is. When everything's going crazy. Find a place in him in prayer. And say God I don't know what's going on. But I need to get in the flow of what you're trying to do. I need to get in the flow. Because God right now. I don't feel nothing. I feel dead in my spirit. My prayer life is dead. Relationships are dead. My family relationships are dead. God, it would take literally Jesus in the flesh to resurrect that relationship. That's what some of you have said. And here I'm declaring to you, if you can just get in that stronghold in Ziph. And look what it said. And Saul sought him every day. But God. See, when David was in the other stronghold, 
God said, get up and get out of here. You got to get on down yonder and fight some things. But I'm going to give you the strength. David did what he was supposed to do, Brother Sean. And God now says, these things ain't going to touch you. Because now you got in my flow of my will. And when you get in the flow of the will of God, God gives you strength to overcome things that people out in the world can't overcome. They've got to stay this or that, and they got to fix it by, by all these other means and measures, whether it be natural natural prescriptions or, or illegal prescriptions. They're all looking for an escape. And God all the time is saying to the church, and his message never changes, I'm your escape. I'm your refuge. I'm your place that when things get rough, if you'll turn Turn to me. I won't let Saul come to you. I won't let the Philistines destroy you. I won't let flesh destroy. If you'll turn to me, I'll show you a way. Can he be your defense? Can he be your protector? Because that's what he's asking today. It's, it's, it's a crazy day we live in, Steve. That God would come today through a message and he goes please let me protect you please let me be the source of your strength because when you're weak I'm stronger and God comes in messages like that today and he's he, you know, I'm being exaggerating and, and, and hyper exaggerating and saying it but it's literally God is giving the promise I will protect you please let me do that please let me love you Please let me encourage you. Please let me heal your body. Please let me touch your weary mind. Please let me help you with the walls in your mind. Please, 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 please. But watch. No. There's coming an hour very quickly that God is going to come to the aid of some people that have done the best they can. And they, they barely can lift their hands up because the, the, the mess of yesterday and today and all that they're going through. But God is fixing a move in someone's behalf and show them how much He cares and how much He loves for His people. I used this scripture a couple Sundays ago and I'm going to say it again. Mercy rejoiceth against judgment in James chapter 2. And what that means is God's not so quick on judgment. He's a lot quicker to give mercy than he is judgment. And God's mercy is coming in this end time hour church and the closing of this dispensation. And he's going to extend an overload of mercy, an abounding of grace for one reason, to let you and I know if you just stay in my wheel, I'll be strong enough to lift you up when you can't lift yourself up. I'll pick you up when you can't pick your yourself up stand with me all across this building lift your hands right now God right now come on lift your hands close your eyes right now just talk to the Lord right now I'm fixing to open this altar and I want everybody to come that's still here it's about family this church is a family don't let the hurts of yesterday rob you of an experience and a relationship with God that he's got with you and I today Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Jesus, come on, call on his name. It'll cause a flow of God's spirit. What I mean is a manifestation. He's flowing in this place like a river right now. Through the aisle, down the aisle, down the pew. And he's coming and he's knocking at the heart's door. Saying, I'll be your refuge, but you gotta let me.
ready to receive. Come on, step out of that pew together. Come on, let's all come to the front together. your hands when you make your way to the front come on I, I, I want to sit under him God I, I want something to flow through my heart and my mind when I get angry when I get frustrated when I get worryful when I get depressed when I get low and I don't know if I can ever come out come on he's got something it's the flow of his spirit it's a, it's a refuge it's here today for somebody and you got to tell him I want to go come on let it come out of your mouth I want to go Listen to the word of that song. You just can't see it. When you're God's got you in the crisis. God's got you in the dilemma. Just let him finish what he's doing. 